lot of people ask Jim and I sometimes, how do I share with others about ILM? Everybody seems to be at a loss of words how to describe ILM and what we do here. It's really pretty simple. This is a pathway home to God. There you go. But what does that really mean? What all goes with that? What about this meditation stuff? What about this unspoken name of God or sacred name of God? What is this thing called initiation? What is that LAF acronym? How do you do that? What's the spiritual teacher? What is it to really be a disciple? Like that we're lost in the past and it only existed back thousands of years ago? What does it mean? How do I really describe this? And I know it seems confusing because we talk about so many things because guess what? God is so many things. So we've got to address God that is in all things in some way, shape, or form if that is what you bring present to these meetings. Because what we do in these meetings is not trying to do anything mystical or magical. All we attempt to do in these meetings is address your journey home to God. No matter what the details are, no matter where you think you're at or where you think you're not at, for that matter, some of us, I think most of us are more likely to say, oh, I'm not very far along, I'm still just a baby on this pathway. And of course, there's always a few who think they know it all and everything in between. But do you really know? And really, does it even matter? Well, those you can answer yourself. And it doesn't even matter what the answer is. What's really important here? What are you doing? Why are you here? Why did you come here? Now, I'm sharing with you what our intention and purpose is that Jim and I share about in ILM and what we've been directed to do by the Holy Spirit. And we, knew, we know our intention from our own experience. As you see, there's no books here that we preach out of because this isn't a pathway of preaching. It's a pathway of sharing. Sharing our own personal experience in hopes that it might inspire or guide or support those of you that are looking to walk home back to God too. And we'll use a lot of descriptions such as the pathway and walking. But as a lot of you know, there's a lot of ways to travel this journey of spirit. Even in our soul, in the physical body, yeah, we're having a spiritual journey right here in the physical. As these bodies move around this planet, no, make no mistake, it's the spirit of who we are that's having a journey through the physical body, even in the physical world. So how do you want to look at this, really? Do you really want to separate the physical and all these other realms we even have up here that we use over and over on the easel, talking about the physical, the imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious, the soul, the spirit. After a while, you hear it enough and it sounds like blah, 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 because what does it really mean? It's just information. It doesn't really mean anything. As I said earlier, it's just descriptions. But those descriptions we share here hopefully give some understanding. But do they even do that? Or do they give us more inspiration? Something to move towards. Something that maybe we can begin to be inspired with upon our journey. 
in a way, you could say, is this really about God? Or is it really about ourselves? Or is it really one and the same? Well, my experience is it's all of it. You really cannot separate anything from anything, from anyone, in any way. It's just levels of experience and our awareness of that experience as we move through life. And I say life, and I don't mean just the physical body life. The life of the soul. The life of the divine spirit in all of expression. A lot of us, at one time or another, are going to focus on our own lives, our own personal journey. A lot of us are going to just focus on God and try to sacrifice ourselves because we hate ourselves so much we don't want anything to do with ourselves and we want it to be about God. Well, haven't you done that? But it's about all of it. There's no, you cannot separate it. Haven't you tried already to separate? And what happens every time you try to deny or separate something, whether it's a part of yourself or yourself in life or life? Doesn't that usually cause more pain, more confusion, more disturbance? And sometimes not. Sometimes we need to live in our own little bubble because there's too much stimulation and we're overwhelmed from all that's going on around us. Or even just our mind, our mind Sometimes even going to spiritual groups gets all confused and blown away like, oh my God, what is this thing illusion? I don't get it. How can you say this is an illusion when it's so real, my experience here? It throws us off. But that's why you'll always hear Jim and I say at some point, let go of all the words, let go of all the descriptions, let go of what you think about it or what you even feel about it. And just come back to the true essence of who you are. That's why we say this is a simple pathway. Because it always comes back to the essence of who you are. But when you really know that essence inside of you, you will know that term that we call the soul. You'll know why we call it the living, loving essence of the Lord. And you'll know that you really are God. Because if you're one with God... Wouldn't that make you God? Well, I threw that out as a question because that's what the mind ponders. But again, eventually you're going to have to throw that out. The only way to really know is to have your own experience. It always boils down to that. No matter what is said or spoken, believed, hoped, wished, faithed, trust, not trust, in the end, none of that matters whatsoever. So why waste your time? Why not just go right to the core, the essence of it all? And that's what we're attempting to do. Really, that's what we are doing every time. We give ourselves the opportunity to focus within and direct our attention to that which we call God. And I say it that way because we just call it that. But we are in the process of awakening to that of knowing that. That's why the meditation action we do in here is the primary focus because that is the direct way or route or route or pathway 
by which we really begin to know, awaken, experience what that is. That's why we describe it, the sound and the light, that feeling. Sooner or later, you got to let everything else go and go with that. And it's just a matter of really going with it. And that's where we hold ourselves back. Because there's so many components within this physical consciousness that is and are attached to all these different levels. And it's that part of us that has a hard time of letting go to really let God. Or in this case, it's just awakening to God to really move back into a full experience of what God is. So some of this can sound a little bit esoterical or etherical because it really is. But sometimes it has to be shared that way to literally almost confuse the mind because it's beyond the mind and we have to find a way to be able to let go of the mental attachments to try and to define it. The mind will make us believe if we can define it, we have it. And as soon as you do that, you're farthest from it. That's why it's often said it takes an open mind, an open heart. It takes an open everything to really begin to move into that experience. And that's what the key really is. And I'm going to keep coming back to that today because even all the words I use, even as you're listening, are you trying to realize what every word means? Are you hung up on the words? Or as you're listening, just as I expressed coming out of the meditation, to stay focused inwards and upwards, even with your eyes open, to be in a meditative state so that you pay attention to that movement of spirit within you. What is your experience of that? Even right now talking, do you see the purple light going on with your eyes open? Do you feel that sensation on the top of your head or moving through your body? Do you hear an inner sound, even if it sounds like a ringing in the ears, that high pitch frequency? Those are all inside. And that's why we have to look within to really find that God essence. It is not a journey out in the world. I wish it were as easy as going on a pilgrimage to some holy land. But did you know all those pilgrimages in the world is because the soul in this level does not understand that it's an inner journey, so we look outside? Let's not say the soul. Let's say people. That which is of the world. Always looks out into the world thinking it's in the world. But did you know the world, instead of looking at it as an illusion, maybe it'd help or make more sense to look at it as a great mirror, a place of reflection? And if we look at these religious pilgrimage that go on in the world, that maybe those are just a reflection of what the soul is truly seeking on an inner pilgrimage, the pilgrimage of a spiritual journey, not of this world, to find that holy land inside, spiritually. Did you realize that's what's really going on? 
Everybody walking on the physical journey, that's what they're really looking for. Because the soul inside of us, we, we that are that, know that truth. We simply gone unconscious to the truth. And so we're ever seeking in the world as an outer source of that truth. Thinking it's in a church or a synagogue or some holy land or temple. Because the soul knows. That's why we even build all these things and call these places holy and different people holy. In truth, we're all holy. But we make all these other things outside of us holy. And that's where we begin to create the separation. When it's always out here, it ever evades us. So we're ever seeking it. It's so funny how quick it can happen when we let go of the outer search and literally just stop, whether standing, sitting, or laying down, and close our eyes and direct our attention back in and up to where that truth of Spirit resides, that the doors can just open right on up that quickly. And often they do. Just right when you sit down and meditate, do you often experience yourself coming still, peaceful? Do you have that sensation on the top of the head? Does the purple light just show up? Do you find your attention just right in and up? And there's that inner knowing or inner sense? Sure, sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes you probably meditate to try to escape from the chaos of the world, the stress of life. Maybe most of the time. doesn't matter the reason you do it. It's still the same action. So the end result is going to be the same, regardless of the reason you begin with. And that's good to know. I like to say there's a lot of fringe benefits with this journey. God first and God only, you hear us say. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and then all else is added. So that means stress reduction. That means a better life. That means more peace or joy. That means you'll start to see or know how you can handle the challenges in your life. You'll find that greater peace and awareness. Where do I go when I die? Maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe it should be, do I really die? Instead of, where do I go? Well, where are you right now? Where are you right now? Are you just in the physical? Or are you in spirit? But then that's separation again, isn't it? Didn't I start with, there's no separation? The soul itself is even here in the physical having a journey? So the key in all of it is always to focus on that spiritual essence. No matter what the experience, the spiritual essence of who you are is having. Whether it's a physical experience, an astral experience, a causal experience, a mental experience, or a spiritual experience. You are that spirit that is having the experience in all of these different dimensions or realms or kingdoms or mansions in our Father's home. They're all the same thing. doesn't matter how we describe it. That's the imagination. It can come up with all kinds of stuff. We are made in the image of God, creators. We can create all kinds of stuff. 
Why not enjoy your creation rather than condemning it? That's part of the journey. So there's another spiritual tool right there. Enjoyment rather than condemnation. Enjoy, enjoy. Bring the joy into your creation. Bring the joy into your experience. Don't be the victim of your own creations. Oh my God, I created it. It's my karma now. I'm trapped. Life's hell. Only if that's what you created is hell and got yourself caught up in your creation is it that way. There's a freedom of choice here. If you'd rather have a joyful experience with what you've created, you can do that. You say, wow, look at the great creator I am. I love my creation. As shitty as it is, I still love it and I enjoy it. See the humor there? doesn't matter the end result. Are you an artist, always going for the perfect painting? Or are you still like me back at the age of four and you do stick figures and crayons that, you know, can't tell what the heck it is? But what do you do with that inside of you? Do you judge it or how do you see that? Well, just like those of you who've had children and they, you get that and you put the picture up on the you know, refrigerator and you just love it and say how wonderful it is, why don't you do that for yourself anymore instead of, seeing how, what a master you are at painting, and yet you criticize one little stroke out of a million strokes on that canvas. It gets to that detail sometimes, if that's the detail we go into. But all we have to do is pay attention to where our focus is. How caught up and attached are we getting in the details of our own lives, whether our lives look like a masterpiece or a four-year-old painting. All these phrases like, life's about the journey, not the destiny. No, it's not. It's about the destiny, not the journey. Don't kid yourself. Wait a minute. Oh, maybe it's all of it. Maybe it's the journey and the destiny. Just like I said, about ILM, how do you describe it? It's a pathway home to God. Oh, that says both the journey and the destiny, doesn't it? It's the pathway home to God. It's the destiny and the journey. It's all of it. Bring it all back home. Even describing it that way, it's like God's out there and we have to go there. Did you know home is right here? When we go inside of meditation to the seat of the soul, God's right there. Always present right here, right now. There's really nowhere to go. It's described as a pathway or journey because the experience is we moved away from God and we're moving back towards God. But all that is is our awareness. Where we've placed our attention, our consciousness follows. So as we looked away from God, back in the spiritual creation where we were one with God, as we directed our attention out into God's kingdom rather than into the Creator itself, we simply moved, our consciousness moved on a ray of light. Our conscious awareness moves on a ray of light, but that ray of light is still one with its source. It simply is extended way out into creation at the speed of light. So the longer you've been doing it, the longer it seems like you have to travel back upon that ray of light back to the source. 
That's another simple way to describe it. Literally, our consciousness is traveling on a ray of light. And all we're doing in the meditation is refocusing back to the Creator rather than looking at the creation. Creation, that's right. Shun. Bad, bad, bad soul for looking away from God and going out into the creation. It's not original sin, it's original shun. The shun of God or the son of God. Keep it that simple. Because if you can utilize even the words like I'm sharing now, don't those words kind of take off all the junk and make it simple? Oh, it's just turn my attention back towards God. Look at the creator rather than the creation. There's no right or wrong in that. It's just a description of what we can do. And in that doing this, then, is where we do start to now awaken into the beingness. But even that awakening, doing, experiencing, I know it's still all about a journey. Well, that's what the experience is like here. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy every step of the way. Enjoy it. Even what you don't like, that you absolutely despise and hate. Even enjoy that. I remember a while ago, sometime I shared, I know a lot of people do gratitude, and I one time said, well, have you ever been grateful for all the negative experiences in your life? Shocked a few people. Well, guess what? We have to do that too, because God is even in the negative. So if you want to liberate the God that you are and awaken up into the God that is, since God is in all, all creation, there's nowhere God is not, well then we've got to have that gratitude or love for everything. Even the devil itself. For God even created that. But that's where you can play around with this. We call it Kalner engine, Satan, Lucifer, the devil. It's just another way to describe the realm of time and space, the realm of reflection, the illusion, the shadows. As I said, they're just words. They're the Harry Potter movies. Don't say his name. That V word. Resist not. In everyday life and all the spiritual teachings and all that's out there, what do we do with it is what it boils down to. And here's a way to make it simpler. Remember, it's not about what you do with the body or what you do in the world. It's about what you do in the body. What do you, you do? do with all this? Do you judge it and condemn it? Do you fear it and avoid it? Or do you love it and accept it? Do you enjoy it? Are you grateful for it? It's you, what you do with all of this, including your mind and emotions, not even just your physical body and your physical experience. What do you do with your thoughts and your feelings? It's what you do with it all that makes the difference of whether you're going to keep yourself caught up 
in the experience of separation or whether you allow yourself to let that go and once again experience the oneness. And I'll have to admit, I have a preference. I like the experience of oneness better than separation. That's why I so desperately have always meditated and done this journey since I first started. It's a much nicer experience. Always is. So a lot of the times we'll judge or condemn the world and all the darkness and things we don't like. And that's okay to do for a while. It really is. Because, you know, sometimes I like to call them the negative motivators. Sometimes that negative, painful stuff can be a really great motivation to really get us to do or take the very actions to get out of it. I used to meditate three, four, or five hours a day to get out of all this stuff. I don't do that anymore. I lost my motivation. I started enjoying things more rather than despising them. Well, the more you really awaken and live the loving, and you begin to really realize the truth of the loving in all things, you start to relax a little bit. But then you have a different type of motivation, which is really more inspiration, to just be present with that divine essence that God is. But realizing to do that, the focus is always into the divine essence within you to even be with the divine essence in all things. It is not something you can do by looking out here. That's the trick. It's a great trip or trap. It'll trip everybody up. Don't raise your hands because you'll feel guilty after I say this. How many of you focus on things into the world, whether it's temples or shrines or you do rituals or things of Mother Earth and think that's spiritual? Like I said, don't raise your hands because you'll feel like a fool after I finish what I'm saying. I'm setting you up, of course. Because that's what most of us do. We look out in the world. Because what is that? When we feel like we can commune or relate with something outside of ourselves, somehow we feel more connected. Go hug a tree, right? Put your feet in the grass or the water. Worship the sun. Oh yes, look at all the sun worshipers just laying out getting a tan. Why do we do that? See, I'm not actually making fun of this, and I know I set you up that way. But it's to recognize that we do all these things in the world because we are looking for that connection with our source. But I also say it the way it did in hopes that you realize that maybe that's not really the way to go about getting that connection in the greater way. And when I say the greater way, I mean back to the Creator itself. But if you realize that the things we do out in this world is because of what we are truly seeking the connection with, well then we can really honor and be grateful for all the things even in our physical lives. But here's the key. If you do that, 
instead of making it all about that tree or the planet or this or that, how about letting that be a reminder? Rather that as you do that, this is honoring the divine within me and my connection to the oneness in all things, but really my connection to the oneness that God is. Then it can actually work for you rather than against you. Because believe it or not, if your attention is really focused into these physical things and you put all your belief into that, and don't get mad at me for saying this, but you're going to hurt pretty bad by the time you realize you've been wasting your time believing this is going to do something and then it falls short and doesn't do what you hoped it would do. That's the hard one. People get so mad at Jim and I whenever we take the focus away from physical rituals or objects or pilgrimages, as I said earlier, and always bring it back inside the spirit that has nothing to do with the outer. We've gotten people so mad at us for saying the things we say. We don't say it to get anybody upset. We say it in here because our total purpose and focus is to serve those who really want to wake up and know God just as we know God and its truth and spirit. And we know in order to do that, we have to be willing to let go of all of our physical attachments and worshiping. I get a kick out of it. People go worship the earth, but then when it comes to a spiritual teacher, I don't need a teacher. Who needs a teacher? That's guru worship. What? What are you talking about? Why are you loving that tree so much? What do you think that is? This is the crazy stuff we do. I hear it all the time. People will say something here and then turn around and say this and not realizing they're doing the very thing that they said they're against. That's the crazies. I like to say we're all bipolar. It's true. Got a right and left side, right? There you go, the two ends of the pole. So all we're trying to do here is to help bring clarity and understanding and to recognize there's a way by which, oh, there's the way again, the pathway by which we can really begin to move into the true experience of awakening into spirit. And in this way, it looks like a turning away from the world. And this is what confuses a lot of people because it looks and sounds like we're saying, well, then I got to let go of everything and well, why should I do anything in the world then? Because I know it sounds like that's what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. Didn't I say instead, did I say to stop doing those things or did I say when you go do those things in the world, why not let them be something that reminds you of your divine connection with God? Why not let your rituals and your places of worship and your pilgrimage remind you as you do it outwardly, physically, of the true journey within yourself and why you're even doing what you're doing in the physical world. Why not the people around you you love and they're a reminder to you of that divine essence of God that you are and that is divine rather than trying to get rid of everybody because they're a distraction from your inner focus. Why not let it serve your inner focus? But don't make it about the person. Don't make it about the rituals and the holy places physically. 
Remember, it's a reflection. So let the reflection serve you as an outer reminder of the truth within. Then it serves you well. Then it's not a negative motivator anymore, but rather it's an inspiration. The divine looking glass or the reflection pond. If you look in the pond, you see the reflection of what's above, right? Well, all we're saying is recognize the reflection for what it is and let that be a reminder of what's above. And then look above so you see the truth. And don't put all of your energy and time into the reflection, but rather what it is reflecting. As I said earlier, instead of looking at the creation, begin to look to the Creator. It's as simple as that. Now, did that sound like I was making anything wrong or making fun of it? Or did that sound kind of nice, maybe? It's how you look at it, how you let it serve you or work against you, and that's a personal choice. But we, all our lives and many lives, have learned to perceive, to believe things in a certain way. That's how we got so ingrained into this physical consciousness. And so a lot of what we're doing here is releasing ourselves from being so ingrained. That's why we even suggest, well, hey, what if you look at it this way rather than that way? I don't want to. Well, that's okay. Enjoy your pain. Because that's usually what goes with it. That's why I try to play with people rather than yell at them. But I do that sometimes too. But maybe that's just another way to play. Just like little kids we all are. A part of us really does like to play when we're yelled at. A lot of us will close down because we feel like we're being scolded. Sometimes the scolding is also called pay attention. So we don't want to make that wrong either. We don't want to make anything wrong. Yelling, anger, all these things that we'd call negative are just to call our attention. So we, in our paying our attention, wake up and realize what's going on because maybe the yelling is there because it could harm us or somebody else, and maybe it's good to pay attention so we don't bring harm to ourselves or others. Then is that a bad thing that somebody yelled? Don't cross the road! You get all shaken, felt like you're yelled at, and that hurt, you hurt my feelings. Well, it's either that or get hit by the car. Which one do you want? There's another car coming if you would rather go walk on the road and get hit by the car. It literally can get down to that practical of a level. And it's good to be that practical. So pay attention whether a message is delivered with force and it's disturbing, or whether a message is delivered with gentleness and softness. It's not even about the message being delivered anyway. It's what we do with it. Oh yeah, we already talked about that. Well, and here, as most of you know, we talk about the same stuff over and over and over and over. People ask us, do you ever get bored saying the same thing over and over? Nope. Because when you're living in the moment with spirit, it's always fresh and alive. It's never boring. So pay attention to that even the next time you get bored. It's simply letting you know your focus has drifted off somewhere else 
where there's no living waters. The waters have gone stagnant there because they've gotten cut up in some stagnant pool in the mind or the emotions or body. But then you can take action. Here's another big key. It really is up to you to take action to not only create what you want, but to bring yourself into the experience you want. A lot of the times, we'll feel like victims in this world, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. They did it to me. They pissed me off. No, they didn't. They said something that you reacted to and you pissed yourself off. What if you're like me and you hear them go off and you sit there and laugh at them because you think it's so funny, but somebody else has taken such great offense? Persons doing the same thing, but people from different perspective will look at it in a different way. So pay attention to your way. Pay attention to how you're perceiving. Pay attention to how you're reacting. Pay attention to how you're acting. And that'll give you the indicators of where you are living inside of yourself. From a place of gratitude and enjoyment, loving, accepting, or from a place of disturbance and judgment and fear. They're just indicators. But then, if you're like me when I was learning all this, I'd judge myself for doing the negative. So it'd be then to be a double negative, double the whammy, double the pleasure. I feel so good because I'm so bad. Wait, let's see a raise of hands. Anybody not have ever done that to yourself? Anybody? No? Not see me raising my hand either. That's just part of what happens. But just like that, we can turn it around and say, oh yeah, there's my reminder, that judgment, fear, and pain that I felt with that action is my reminder to go, oh yeah, let me now shift. Let me take action and shift my perception now into more of a loving, accepting, uplifting flow rather than this downward flow that causes that pain of, that comes with separation. And that's up to us. We have that freedom of choice. Even if you literally were in a prison, a tight little prison where you could hardly even move around, you could still do this action inside of yourself. It has nothing to do with our circumstances or what looks like is being done to us. It has everything to do with what we are doing to ourselves from the inside. Look at all the conditions in this world. There's some really horrible conditions and some really nice conditions. And look at people judge it all, the good and the bad. That's so terrible how good those conditions over there, over there. That's not fair. Look at all these terrible things over here. Here's another way to make it easy. Let everybody have their opinions, including yourself. But if you want to keep it easy, don't be one who has to make everybody else believe your opinion. Then you're going to be in the battle. And there's plenty of people out there doing that. But let that be okay. It's like, okay, that's their opinion. Choose to live the way you want to regardless of others, even if it's your spouse. Allow them the freedom to make their choices. 
But give yourself the same freedom to make your choices. That's why you hear us talk so much about that LAF acronym, loving, accepting, forgiving. Acceptance is one of the biggest ones probably. You don't need the forgiveness unless you've gotten caught up in the judgment and fear and reaction. A lot of times we find it hard to love somebody or something that seems so horrible. That's why we have acceptance. Because believe it or not, and check this out and find out for yourself, the very judgment you're placing on others is actually what you're doing to yourself. That's what happens. You know the phrase, what goes around comes around? It's really more instantaneous than that. As soon as you're doing it, it's already being done inside of yourself. But go ahead, stop trying to judge. It's too hard to do. And even when you stop doing that, you've got to refocus into something else. Otherwise, force a habit. That force will bring you right back in the old habit. And that's where it seems so challenging on a spiritual journey. We're trying to overcome or rise above the old habits that keep pulling us down into the pain of separation. That's why we just say, don't stop trying to do anything. Rather, just do something else. And in this case, love God and allow God to love you. Work with the loving, accepting, and forgiving. And when we talk about taking responsibility for your thoughts and feelings and your actions and reactions, well, that's really what we're doing when we're doing the LAF and loving God. That's how we can take responsibility and change all of that. I get out of reaction. You say, yes, stop reacting, right? I can't. That's why we say, don't stop trying to stop it. Just do something else. That's what will change it. Let it be this simple. That's why I'm saying that a lot today. Really let this be that simple. Because it really is. I know when those energies, because we fed them for so long, are up in our faces and so strong because we fed them so long, it's hard to do. But there's the challenge, the overcoming it. But it's really not even overcoming because that can even sound like a battle. There's no battle here. That's why we talk about acceptance. When you accept it the way it is, no matter how forceful or strong it may be, that acceptance is where you will set yourself free with that force. That acceptance is what detaches you from what's running, even if it's inside of you. If it's an emotional reaction, yeah, that's inside, but you, the soul, is even deeper inside beyond all that. So you've got to take the next step, in other words, and allow yourself to move into the soul of who you are and believe me, as you can live more in that, that essence of loving automatically just melts all of this disturbance. It just melts. Because what did we start with? Oh my God, is it really all an illusion? Is it really an illusion? Yes, it is. But wouldn't you like to know that? Well, this is how. When you can really live the loving 
and you will start to see through your own experience what I mean by literally that loving melts all of that reaction, which is the illusion. It literally will just disperse like a cloud. The sunlight shining through the cloud. The cloud was there, and then it just dispersed. It's gone. It didn't even go anywhere. It was just gone. That's literally what this is like. Literally, when you see these things in meditation, out of body, in the dream state, they will appear just like that in so many other ways. And it's just that light of loving that does it all. That's what it always comes to. That's why we say God first and God only. You do that and it truly handles everything else. All the all else, though, we seem to talk about more than just God because it'd be sitting, it'd be very, probably be hard for people. We just said God, 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 God for two hours straight. We should go two and a half, then we'll have covered the meditation time of 10% of the day. All right, enough already. Jeez, I get it. Somehow talking more about the details keeps us entertained, engaged, focused. Not all of us. I know there's always people wandering and dozing off during our talks because you're going into the inner experience beyond the words. It's funny how these talks unfold because earlier today as I was getting ready, us having ideas kind of show up inside of me of the things I'd talk about today, and none of it was what I talked about. I guess I was having my own seminar before the seminar. Unless that was for Q&A time. We'll see what shows up then. So I hope there's a little bit of something for everybody in that, because in some ways it seemed like it was all over the place, but yet still focused through it all. And I hope you heard that central focus through all of it, because that is always the answer. It was really wonderful, literally in my first year of beginning to do all this action of spirit and meditation. I was at a workshop, and we were handling all these diverse things that go on. How do I handle these situations in life when we do these group exercises and Part of the group exercise, we would go inside into a meditation before we would come out and start sharing and doing what we were doing. And I was lifted up in that experience, right up inside, and I heard a voice of spirit just saying to me, there's only one answer to everything, and that answer is God. Which makes sense, because if God is all things, and in all things, I guess the answer is God. So all we have to do is that one answer. And it really, truly does. Well, then I spent the next 20-some years now discovering the truth of that. That's how it is, isn't it? We get the truth. The truth's right here all the time. So maybe this journey really is about just discovering the truth that God is in all things. And if you realize that, then there's no need to condemn or judge or make wrong any of your journey or anybody else's no matter how good or horrible it appears in this world, this world's always going to have everything in perfect balance. As wonderful as it gets here, it'll get just that much horrible as well. But if you understand that's what keeps the balance here, then why condemn it? But if you've had enough, there is a way out. And that's that action of loving. 
That action of meditation we teach is all about just the loving. And that's the way out. As I say, the way out is in. It's just knowing how it works to be able to do it. And so hopefully, in our sharings like today, that you are getting more understanding and awareness of how that works because the way it works spiritually is completely backwards to the way it looks in this world. But if you understand the way it works spiritually is very really the truly the way it works and everything in this world truly is backwards because it really is a reflection of the truth, not the truth itself. Are you real or is that mirror image of you real? Well, it looks real, but is it real or is it just an image? That's what we mean by illusion.